Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are breaking down the second preseason game. An absolute butt whooping. The Patriots laid down on the Eagles 35 to nothing. Tons of reaction to talk about, tons of things to talk about. It's going to be a heck of a show. So buckle up and cue the music. From behind, gets rid of it. Gronkowski left alone. Breaks off the tackle, and he's in for the touchdown. Gentlemen, uh, that was pretty good. Pretty good all around. I mean, just an absolute butt whooping. Yeah, it was. I thought uh, pretty much all three phases of the game uh, were just about perfect. I mean, it's unfortunate. It's just a preseason game, right? And, you know, you don't want to take too much stock into it simply because the Eagles virtually played nobody, right? I, I was actually pretty excited to see Jalen Hurts. I thought that would have been really cool. Um, I guess an illness right before kickoff kind of knocked him out. Who knows what, what the deal is with that. But, it was an uh, abdomen just came out. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> an Appendicitis or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, I thought, I mean, it started really started with the opening drive, right? You know, you get that uh, big play from Judon knocking that ball out. You go and you punch it in in just two plays. Uh, and then from there on out, I think everybody can play it extremely well. I thought that was the best. He's really thrown the ball um, since week two at Seattle. I think that was his. I know it's a preseason, so you don't want to, you know, I mean, harp on it too much, whether it's good or bad. But um, I thought he looked really good. I thought Mac looked really good. I, I think the biggest thing from the quarterback perspective is you saw an improvement from last week to this week. And I thought both of them were good last week, too, right? It was just kind of a small sample size that was really no, weren't taking many shots. They weren't uh, really opening up the playbook too much. But, um, you know, I, I guess starting there, I thought um, it, both of them looked looked really sharp. Yeah, and top thing for me is like I, th- I think we mentioned it last week. Just command, like both of them had everybody where they needed to be. Um, kind of ran everything the way it was supposed to be run. Um, you know, and Cam watching him, like watching him set his feet, move up in the pocket, set his feet, kind of get his body right before he makes a throw and then fire a couple of darts like that, that ball, the Jacoby Myers, it was a great ball, you know, to start off the first, or, uh, the second drive, they didn't have to throw it on the first drive, stuff like that. And then Mac Jones uh, purely throwing the football, uh, nothing to complain about. I mean, he had a, a almost perfect night throwing the ball. Yeah. And that's, I mean, listen, the thing is, is that if Cam plays like that, he's the week one starter, right? Like, I mean, that's, if he plays that way, the Patriots are going to go 12 and five and 
potentially win the division and be a really tough out in the playoffs. The question is, can he do that consistently? And I don't, I don't know the answer to that, right? That's going to be the question is, can he do that consistently? But if he plays that way and he didn't even run tonight. So if he plays that way and then you combine that with his running in the defense that they have, it's going to be outrageous what they can do. But on the other side of it, Mac throwing the ball looked, looked very good. He had that one really risky throw at the beginning across the middle of the board. First throw of the game. Yep, yep. Yeah. He got the jitters out, and he was throwing darts left and right. The Nikhil drop, obviously, was an absolute dime. He just – and what's crazy is he did it differently. He took a long, slow, methodical drive at the end of the second – at the end of the first half, and then he came out to start the second half, and it was a quick up-tempo, no head. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. So uh, even if he doesn't start this year, I mean, my goodness, uh, he looks like he's going to be a good player. I so I said it. I mean, the preseason takes like obviously they can kind of get lost, but I I think this one's you can kind of look at you know I've obviously been down there at camp, you've seen progression, you've seen you know, just his how comfortable he looks day in and day out from a week to week perspective, right? It's just each day he continues to get better, and I think that's all they're looking for. And I think like you said, I, Cam Newton's their week one starter. There is zero question about that. He's going to start week one. I think if anything, the leash would is a lot shorter than maybe we would have thought in April. I think that's what everybody can maybe agree on. Uh, but right. like you said, he plays like he did tonight. I mean, they didn't have their two tight ends, and they're going to run heavy, 12 and 22. They're going to be on the field for 80, 85% of the game. Uh, and they, they looked you know efficient moving the ball. Um, I think it's a great situation to have with both of these guys playing well. And I said it. Mac Jones looks this good right now. I, I cannot wait to see what he looks like in a year from now. He'll be in his NFL body. He'll be a year under his belt. Um, the sky's the limit for him from what we've seen so far, and it's it's been about a month. And like I said, the, the, the good thing with both of them is they're improving each day, week to week, uh, and I think that's all you can ask for. Yeah, and the exciting thing from Jones tonight, what I saw was you you got a glimpse of what he needs to work on. It wasn't just a perfect night, and you can't really get anything out of nights like that because – Everything went well, and you know who knows what do you what, what do you look like when you face adversity? At the end of the first half, that was an ugly two minute drill that they ran. You know, like yep. it was a shit show, right? And it they end the first half on a whimper, and it's kind of like oh that sucked. And then they come out in the second half, and he's they marched down the field in like three minutes and scored a touchdown, right? So it's one of those things where you got to see him kind of bounce back from some adversities, stuff like that. Um, and you can only hope that you'll be able to see a little bit more of that going forward. Like maybe you don't want adversity, but right. when it's going to be there and you're going to need to have your quarterback bounce back, and that's exactly what he did. And for his first shot at it, that's perfect. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the end of the first half. I mean, you know, I tweeted out the Brady gif because Max got to know the drive. He's got to know the down. I mean, it's third down. You can't spike the ball in third down. Now I know it's the, I know it's preseason and I know you're basically at midfield, but run a play. Just just get up there and run a play because you can't. There, there was thirty spike seconds left. Like there was time. Right. right. So you just you know get up to the line and now listen. Are the coaches in his ear saying spike, spike, spike? Like I don't know. Right. I, I don't know the answer to that question, but like it doesn't matter. Like get up to the line and run a play because you just wasted your last time out because Nikhil gets hurt on a, on a perfect throw. And listen, if Nikhil doesn't jump, it's a touchdown. Right. He's walking in for a touchdown. I mean that's you know. What are you going to do? But, like, you can't make that mistake then on third down and spike the ball instead of going for it. So, um, I mean, but, but 
that situation. That's the NFL. Like people fuck up. People make right. excuse me. People make mistakes. Like right. you're the quarterback. You gotta. You exactly. have to help everybody else bounce back. And and he did that. You know, starting the second half. Yep, I agree. So speaking about adversity, let's go over to the kicker, Quinn Nordeen, who had been perfect at Gillette Stadium until he missed one extra point, was brutal tonight. Um, first extra point was going to the right, went in, but it was definitely going to the right. His next three, the last of the three that he missed were, was br- just, I mean, not even close, not even the same zip code. And he pushed them all to the right. And it was bad. But then he came back, hit an extra point, and then hit a, hit like a 30-something yard, you know, 32, 33-yard field goal. Like, 26. that's the type of thing where he's an undrafted rookie. He definitely had some struggles with, with consistency in, in Michigan. But I was happy to see him go through that adversity, right? Go through that adversity and then come out on the top, you know, come on the other side of it, hitting to his last two kicks of the night. So I was happy to see that. Of course, we don't know what the deal is with Nick Folk. We haven't seen him in, in two, three weeks. So it seems like he's not going to be ready. So Nordine's your kicker. Um, so it's just a question of, you know, w- what's going to happen. And I thought tonight was a good example of him fighting through adversity and, and, and making some kicks at the end of the day. I thought so too. And before we move on, Pat, this this is a question for you because me yeah. and Keegan were on this. We we were okay with it from the start. So why, why don't you answer this? Because I, I'm not throwing you under the bus, but I think you can explain. Because right, I mean, you weren't sold on him at first, but I, I think you're you're there now. I was not. Yeah, listen, I was not. I I certainly wasn't uh, Taylor Kyle's. You know, um, when they drafted him, but I didn't love him. I didn't look. look and for those of you that are listening in podcast form and aren't watching on YouTube. Um, somebody asked, uh, Danilo Scalzo asked from the draft perspective that you guys had about Mac Jones and today what's changed. And so I think that (laughs) dark blue gold, I was, I was eating my whole hand on pick number 10, not number 15. I was pissed that they didn't trade up for fields. Um, the Mac pick was the right pick, but I wanted them to trade up for fields, obviously as everyone did. Um, I was broken. People, people, right? I mean, I wasn't, I was okay. I was positive that night. I'm gonna, yeah, you were. That's true. You weren't on with us when it happened. You were positive that night. Um, listen, I think, I think Mac kind of always hit their system. He's not sexy, right? I mean, he looks okay. He's not sexy though. Balls up, like, you know, well, that's it. Like, but he's not like the, he's not the arm. I mean, Justin Fields, just with the arm talent and the speed and the, and the swagger and everything else. It's like, man, like that's, that's what it is, right? Like during the draft, your draft stuff's all about traits. It's not about what situation you're going to end up in and what system system you fit best in. Like no one thinks about that. No one's like, Oh, maybe Mac would fit in new England system better. No, it's like, Oh, Justin Fields can throw the ball 90 yards. That's awesome. Like, right. That's what the draft's about. Right. And it's, you know, and Mac Jones and listen, I, I got to give Phil Perry all the credit in the world. Phil said from day one, stay at 15 and draft Mac Jones. And I consistently had them trading out or trading up or, you know, whatever. And not taking Mac. And but in the back of my head, it was always kind of like, well, he does kind of fit what they do, but it's like not, I don't know, like what can he do? And and he played in such a good offense that you wonder, like, was it the guys around him? Was he, you know, but but I mean, he just every single thing that they've thrown at him, 
every single thing. He just deals with it all, and he, he runs the, the offensive. Too. And I think that's half the battle, especially when you jump yes. from the college to pro game. I think that's the biggest thing you can take from him. And right. not to cut you off, but he uh, that, like you said, he's not sexy. He's not going to wow you with that, his athleticism. It's I see this. He processes it well, and the ball's mm-hmm. out. I think that's the most important thing you can see. Uh, what are we, a month into his, and he was drafted just over a hundred days. I think last week, last Thursday, he was like, a, it was a hundred days, something like Stupid. that. Right. So yeah. the progression he's made, I don't think anybody saw this, even the coaching staff about how advanced he is at this point in his career. Uh, right. so like I said, from the beginning, it's great that both of these guys are playing well, because ultimately like Belichick said, just before we got on about the running back room, the competition brings out the best in players, and it's a great situation to have. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, and and, and here they are, like running this offense, and he gets a chance to to work and learn under Cam. And if Cam keeps playing the way he played, again, like they're going to be really, really good. Um, so it's you know they're gonna they're gonna be in a Kansas City twenty seventeen situation where. They have a good quarterback. They have a young guy underneath him. And it's kind of what we envisioned for Mac, you know, when they drafted him, kind of like, hey, you know, let's do the Kansas City model and this and that. And then he's been impressive and Cam's been so-so. But if Cam's going to play this way, I mean, and who knows? Like, you know, Philadelphia didn't start any of the starters tonight. Like, you know, no Fletcher Cox, no Brandon Graham, no none of those guys. None of them played. So, like, I guess you don't know totally. Um, But, you know. We'll we'll see what happens, but I mean, if Cam plays this way, I, I can't imagine that you see any you see you know you see Mac at all this year. Yeah, he's gonna learn how to slide. Um, that's the big <laughs> thing that I saw from today. Like he's gonna tear something with these slides. So yeah, gotta work on that. But in all seriousness, like the like you said, when you draft a guy like that and you've got a quarterback who started for you last year and you just re-signed him. The idea is the Kansas City model. The you've you've got a veteran quarterback. Don't even let this kid hit the field unless it's a throwaway game in week seventeen or week eighteen this year. Like you you let this this guy sit and soak everything in for as long as possible, and then you unleash him when he's fully ready. So um I mean at this point we're saying the same thing every week, like they both played well today. That's that's really all there is to it, right? Like they both played well. They saw similar competition. It was mostly backups for Philly. They did what they were supposed to do. Right. By the way, uh, before we continue, Schefter just tweeted out that Jalen Hurts was sent to a Philadelphia hospital and diagnosed with a stomach infection and told to stay at home and and rest for at least two days. He tested negative for COVID. I don't know what a stomach infection is, but. Apparently he has what he has it. So we'll take back like the quote unquote abdomen. Yeah, we'll I know right. Back. Well, I guess it's stomach, stomach and abdomen. abdomen. It's all the same thing, you know. So, but um, but anyways, let's get to the running backs because you know I thought Sony looked great today. Damian Harris is Damian Harris. Like Damian's the guy. He's the guy. Like you know, and I was having discussions about this. You know, it's funny because people over the overreaction swings that you get from like fantasy Twitter, right? Where it's like Damian Harris runs for a touchdown, looks good, and people are like, "Oh my God, you're too low on Damian Harris." And Sony comes in, and looks good, and Stevenson comes in, and looks good, and they're like, "Oh, you're too high on Damian Harris." Like, I don't feel, and it's like, dude, like he's he's RB one, like he's gonna score ten touchdowns, he's gonna rush for twelve hundred yards, like 
he's going to be a guy that's going to be consistently good over the course of time. Now he's going to get, is he going to get 400 carries this year? No, he's not. He's not going to get a ridiculous amount of carries, but he's going to do, he's going to be effective when he is. And let me tell you something. And we started a little bit. All right. We, when we started a little bit, the toss sweep, the crack sweep that they run is going to be unstoppable with these new rules where the D backs can't go low on the, on the mm-hmm. lineman coming out. Pulling it's going guard. to be unstoppable. Now, Philly, towards the end of the game, started to read it because they knew it was coming, so they sent like four linebackers out there that way. But that's going to be even better because if you have Cam under center and you fake that toss that toss crack, and he's just going to naked bootleg out, and there's going to be nobody there. And then it's just going to be like, oh, okay, I'll either run for 10 yards or hit somebody wide open coming across the field or whatever the case may be. So they're going to be a problem running the ball. And you mentioned Sony before, like, I, Sony has shown the ability now to catch the ball to the backfield, which we knew he could do in Georgia. So either he stays with the Patriots, which I think is the best option, or they move him somewhere else, you know, and they get something in return back for him. I mean, it's just this running back room, and we've talked about before, this running back room looks really good. And that spin move by J.J. Taylor today was, I mean, wow. They're all versatile, too. They all kind of bring different things to the table, which I think helps them, you know. Right. It, it helps them offensively, right? I mean, I think they're grooming Stevenson to kind of be that change of pace guy, right? Like kind of like a Rex Burkhead, but a little bit more powerful. I think that's a complete back right there. Obviously, as of right now, you have Sony through this year. So I, I and it, it's interesting. Like I did a 53 man projection. Yeah. That it, like they may keep six running backs, right? Like I, I guess you can, you know, throw. Stevenson on IR, but kind of just didn't want to get into those weeds in a projection, right? Right. But I think all of them have made a case, and, and obviously Bolden's more of a special teamer. He's probably going to be your kick returner, but of those five, they've all made a case to, to earn snaps this year. Um, I think Taylor can be kind of groomed into that next James White guy, right? If he can hold up and pass protection and really master that part of the game, because I think that's what's so valuable about White that people don't realize is how good he is in pass protection. Um but yeah, I mean, Stevenson, right? And the fumble at the end, obviously that's going to be talked about and that's probably going to be brought up the first thing on film tomorrow in that room. But yep. that that's a, like when you look at the team from last year to this year, right? Like their win total from Vegas hasn't really changed much. It's nine and a half. I guess you could up it to 10 if it was a 16, you know, a normal 16 game season. They're one game better than last year but when you look at the positional groups they're just loaded with depth right like it's not over overflowing with so uh, like elite talent but i think their depth goes a long way in the amount of versatile players they have on both sides of the ball yeah and just to finish up on the running back group like you've got if the worst thing that you see out of out of the group is a guy who ran for 100 yards fumbled the ball late in the game you know, everybody kind of freaked out a little bit, but the nice thing was they put him right back out there. Next yep. next drive, I mean, he he got the first down, and then they they kneeled it. So whether that was J.J. Taylor's helmet exploded and they physically couldn't put him back in or what, like who knows, but they gave him another shot. They they put the ball in his hands again, which is n- not something you would expect, you know, from Bill. That's just – we saw it with Steven Ridley. His career ended. He fumbled once, and that was it. See yeah. you. Bye-bye. You're gone. So, But with that group, you know, you've got – White, who is your finisher, like that's he's your closer. You end the games with White. You've got Harris and Michelle, who are both in between the tackles guys who can mix in a little bit of blocking and, and 
you know, obviously we saw with Michelle today, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Like you've got guys for every situation in the game that you could possibly need. Stevenson looked like a bruiser today. JJ Taylor, you can't get a, a hand on him. Like you've, you've got somebody for every possible situation you would need. And that's, yeah, that's the perfect thing for like a guy like Josh McDaniels, especially this year when you're going to be running so many different formations and personnel grouping, stuff like that, you can mix and match. So why wouldn't you keep all of these guys to be able to do that when you end up trading Sony or you cut JJ Taylor, you're not going to be able to do that. Right. So I, I think it's worth taking a flyer on keeping all of those guys. Right. Right. Well, and the other part of it too, is that if you, if you put Stevenson on IR, before the initial 53, he's done for the year. Gone, so yep. he has to get through that initial 53. Even if you want to put him on IR, that's fine. But the issue is, is that especially with Sony's injury history, if you're going to keep Sony and Damian Harris, you want to have Stevenson as a backup plan just in case, right? And that's that's one of those things. And, and uh, you know, Cody mentions the, uh, you know, the two back sets, and, you know, they were running out with J.J. Taylor and Ramondre Stevenson for the most part. But when you get Cam back there in the shotgun and you get two backs next to him and it's White and Michelle or it's Harris and Michelle or Harris and White or whatever, whatever the combination is, it's going to be really tough to stop. That's going to be really tough to stop, especially where any one of those three guys can get the ball. And now you're like, we have no idea where it's going or who's getting it. And so their running attack is going to be very good. And, again, we've talked about their their – their offensive line, who dominated at the point of attack again today. Um, you know, really, again, I know they're playing against second strength, but still, you know, they they dominate the point of attack again, and they're going to run the hell out of teams. And this is re- that's really how they're going to win, you know. And then we saw Jacoby Myers getting open again. I mean, Myers is going to eat this year, they're, dude. Th- th- he is. And they're to your point, they're going to bully teams both yep. on defense and offense up front. I think that the strength of this football team is their front seven, uh, specifically along the defensive. I mean, when's the last time you saw them? They, they like in the past two games, they've had like four or five run stops on on like third and short. Yeah, and it starts with Judon. I think Barmore's. It's going to be so hard to keep that guy off the field, but you have a ton of depth there. I think that's a guy who you sign Henry Anderson, and I know he kind of plays. You know, he doesn't necessarily play that spot, but I think Barmore's. He, he was just debut today I've seen him a little bit he's been battling a toe a toe thing but and one-on-ones that dude just too powerful too quick and explosive you know they're just gonna bully teams up front and like you said on offense they're that running attack especially with cam like it's it's gonna be good old bully ball like you thought we saw it last year it's gonna be even better this year because you have maybe stevenson in the mix you gotta change your pace back with him and and it's just the sky's the limit for that rushing attack I know people don't want to hear that in the 2021 NFL, but it's, hey, that's how they're going to beat teams. Run the wishbone. Who cares? Like if it works, it works, right? Do you? Well, and not just throw that, four but, running backs back there. Who cares? Right. And dude, we've talked about it. Like the defense, you know, the NFL is going smaller, faster. That's what they're doing, right? There's a, there's an emphasis on having smaller guys that run faster. So if you just pick up a bunch of big dudes who run people over defenses aren't set up for that and so they're like uh wait you're telling me we need like our linebackers that are like 225 pounds gonna take on like guards and tackles we no, our guy's supposed to play in space but no we're coming we're running downhill and pounding you in the face over and over and over again 
And so, you know, it's kind of like Belichick is zigging while the rest of the while the rest of the league is zagging. And, you know, yeah, doesn't necessarily have the speed that everyone else has, but is gonna win. I just think it's knowing your team too, there. right? They they can't spread it out. They don't have the the skill on right. the outside to do that. It's like this is what our football team's good at. It runs through our offensive line. Right. We get the backs and the quarterback to do it. That's that's just how they're gonna be teams. And and I'm not saying Cam can't sit back there and improve in the pocket and improve downfield. That's not his game. It never really was, and and it isn't at this point in his career. But they can certainly be, of you know, a valuable offense in the league by doing that. And when did all this start? Right, twenty eighteen down the stretch, mm-hmm. going into the super like that Super Bowl run was handed off to Sony and Rex, throw it to to White short, and let your let your defense eat. Like that. That's the last time they were truly successful was following this formula. So why wouldn't they try to do it again, especially with improved talent and depth across the board? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, and you mentioned, you know, Spags mentioned the defense and, you know, that's another spot where they just have so much depth on the defensive line and the, and, you know, the edge. And I thought Harvey Lange played, uh, or Lange, Lange, however you pronounce it, played fantastic tonight after having a really bad first preseason game. But, he was doing what he's best at, which is attacking the football and playing downhill and not playing in space. Do not play him in space because he stinks. But like playing downhill, he has an opportunity to be the 53rd man on the roster. Like he has a chance to do that. Judon and Josh just said it down here. Judon is the truth. Like he is an absolute monster. Uh, he looks unbelievable. Uche played well. He left with an injury. So we'll see what happens there. You mentioned Barmore. I thought at the beginning he was getting crushed by double teams, like just absolutely crushed by double yeah, teams. Yeah, and and the first that first run stuff, everybody kind of attributed to Barmore, but it was really Van Noy and Carl yep. Davis had a hell of a push yes. up the middle. He's like Carl Davis were all too. Yeah, Davis. so yep. that's that's kind of where it was. But that's the thing, like you said, with double teams, you've got a rookie second round pick who's already commanding double teams. Like it was against twos, but Still. they know like this kid's going to wreck shop if we don't put a couple right. bodies on him. So just having a guy like that on the field, and you saw the difference between last week and this week. It was Guy, Godchow, and Akeem Spence last week. This this week it was Godchow, um, Barmore, and I think Dietrich Wise. Like it's You're starting to see the, the different combinations that they can run up front depending on situations. And having Judon come off the edge, like three – or two straight weeks and we've seen it in practice. Like that guy coming off the edge, stopping the run is Man. it's unstoppable. You you can't him, get, you can't put a tight end on him and expect things to no. go well. And you thought Gilmore was the X factor that defense, it's, it's number nine. <laughs> I mean he he may I oh, is it Chandler Jones who has the most sacks in it, under Bill Belichick? Yes. Right? Like the, their guys don't necessarily toil Still. the most sacks. He might have what, twelve 13 easy well easy every every year they've got like four or five guys who have like three four and a half five six right like right you see that every year but but that's because they rotate those guys like Dietrich Wise never saw more than what 40 percent of the snaps before last yeah. year stuff like that you're not taking Matt Judon off the field ever not once like that that guy's staying on the field so he'll have more than enough opportunity to go go get himself some yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun you know, and then you get guys like Winovich, who's not even, you know, not even there. That's a good question. You go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, it's like kind of, you know, off the game a little bit, kind of looking ahead. 
Uh, it's obviously different this year, right? With just three games, right? They play, then they're closed for two weeks. I don't even know if there's more, there's even media availability uh, leading up to week one. Um, I'd be shocked, right? We've seen a, lo- a decent amount of the starters the first two weeks. I'd be shocked if you saw, saw Cam Newton next week. A, a lot of these guys, even though, right, it's their last real contest till week one. Uh, I bet Mac it's a half, especially if if Cam the plan is for Cam to start week one, which you know I think everybody's in agreement that it is. Uh, you only got three quarterbacks in the roster. I, I don't think they're going to roll Hoyer out there for for four quarters. So I would say a half. I mean, yeah, and you've got you've got joint practices with the Giants next week. Like you're not next week your last preseason game. You're not going to roll your starters out against the Giants for five days or four days, right? Like it's, it's just not going to happen. And you don't have the choice during practice to not play your starters. They're going to have to play. They're going to have to go up against the Giants ones. So once the preseason game rolls around, you're going to see a lot of Mac. You're going to see a lot of him throwing to Christian Wilkerson and Isaiah Zuber and Devin Ross, guys like that, right? Oshevsky's going to get a ton of burn at wide receiver. I think that's what that's what I'm expecting the next time we see them kind of take yeah. the field. Yeah, I mean, shout out to my dad, my dad who's watching right now. You know, he thought it was, they were going to play it like like the preseason like the preseason of old where the the third preseason game you play you know like a regular game essentially I think that was tonight right it seems you like know. yeah but i mean did cam even make it into the second quarter i think matt came in with like six or no cuz that that drive the drive took like not like 10 minutes yeah. so he played maybe like, like the first half quarter. just or like the first Cam yeah, only maybe. played like a minute into the second quarter, yeah. and then the Eagles had their their longest drive. So that's Matt came in like halfway through, but Cam only played three series, right? So that's what I mean. And they like, they should have scored on all three. Cam's played five series so far in the preseason, and like I know that like maybe you're comfortable with him and you've seen him enjoy practice and everything else, but like that's not a lot, that's not a lot of time to be on the field actually like in game time playing. So. Now maybe they don't need it. Maybe they're saying like I was going to say for a guy like him, with games and everything, twelve like, years, right? 10, 10, 12 years, something like that. Right. His yeah. his work and him getting better in the system is is coming in the, on the practice field. Yeah. So yeah. So we'll see. You know, I mean, it is going to be interesting to see what happens. But you're right, dude. I swear to God, if it's like Mac for a quarter and then Hoyer for three quarters, I'm just going to shut it off and be like, all right, I'm done. I can't watch Brian Hoyer for th- for three quarters. I just can't do I just it. I have to shout out my guy Cody because he's absolutely right. Everybody was. Oh, Wilkerson's going to make the team because he hangs out with Matthew Slater and Isaiah Zuber ran one reverse or whatever the hell the play was last year. Like they're going to make the team. No, they're not. They were never going to make the team. Neither one of them have a shot. It, it was a cute. I think Wilkerson's got a shot. I disagree with that, especially with Harry going down and and Wilkerson has a chance. Story. He has a chance. Wilkerson, why, I think he does. Zuber has no chance. Why do you need five wide receivers? Well, you don't. You have. You have. You're gonna have four tight ends on the roster. You're gonna have five running backs. You don't need five wide receivers. Whoa, 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 whoa! Four tight ends? Well, he's counting. Lacoste is making the team. I don't think Lacoste does. I think uh, no chance. I think it's four if you include Jakob Johnson. Yeah, because he's te- you know. But either I think way. they carry. F- it'd be obviously Bourne, Myers, and Aguilar, Gunner, who's not really a receiver, but you know has shown some flashes here and there. I guess you can kind of plug and play maybe halfway through the game if it, things go south. And hey, I think you can keep yeah, Bourne, think, Myers, Gunner, and Aguilar, and that's it. No, I, I think yeah, that's what I mean. I think Wilkerson. What? No. Why? This is what we talked about last week. He got hurt this week. He he made a bad play. Everybody's thinks that right. Mac Jones is like. He ruined Mac Jones's career because he go for a ball that he probably didn't have to die for. Like they, I'm, I'm saying, I'm assuming Harry's done for like health why? reasons. 
like he health got reasons. the wind knocked out of him, and they just took him out of the game. Oh, we'll before see, right? Keegan, you were saying he broke his collarbone, so let, let's. He might have. Who knows? Let's get on the <laughs> same page, saying, right? It's eleven twenty-two on the night of the game. No one knows what's going to happen. He could be right. out there on practice on on. I had Will Fishing over Harry in my projection this week, and I didn't get no, called out for it. Take. So there you go. I said last week, Wilkerson's not making the team, so. It's a it's a cute training camp story. It happens every year. Oh, this guy's gonna make the team, and Who's then the, he uh, gets cut. Is it the the is, is he given the give him the Bam the honorary Bam Childress Award? Yeah, Austin Carr three years ago, and then and then he got to New Orleans, and everybody was like, "Oh, he's the next Wes Welker," and then they cut him like three weeks into the season because they're like, Dude, oh, Austin Carr stinks. was like six years ago by now. That's crazy how long Austin. He was Man, still on the right? he's still on the freaking Saints though. I think he was yeah, Garoppolo's Garoppolo. first same same class undrafted, but. 2016, was, was 2014, 2014. Yeah, he was he oh, was crap. dropping that long ago. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Look, I thought he was 15. I thought he came in the year the year after. Well, either it way, doesn't matter. It's Austin. Six Carr. years ago, but we we just spent much longer talking about Austin Carr than we should have, which is no time at all. I get upset when people try to try to diss my boy Nikhil just because he hasn't been good for their favorite football team. Get over it. So, uh, the, listen, and you write about that, like the. It was twenty seventeen. We were way off, all of us. Nah, eh, well, you know, it's fine. It's a, it's funny you said we were way off because dark blue gold over here is insert dumb and dumber gift here. Look at that. It wasn't even pertaining to that. Um, so, but but anyways, um, two things I wanted to talk about: the new rules, and we mentioned the new rules on the toss on the crack toss. Um, you know, with the D backs, the rule with. Henry Anderson, where he got flagged for a 50 yard penalty for like bull rushing. It was like, are you kidding me? That's yeah, a penalty? Clip, his head kind of jolts back. So it's like, obviously, and, and you know this, right? They put an emphasis on this to kind of set a right, standard right. in preseason. They're going to call these like ticky tacky. I mean, calls, the tough, the tough thing is never like, right. The tough thing is like, they're both engaging. They both engage with their hands and like they just hit bumped heads and his head went back i mean it's like come on dude i mean that was like outrageous the thing like the thing with that is every single time an offensive and defensive lineman touch each other one of them is going to headbutt the other one it's just what they do it's right. whether or not it gets it's seen or gets called right like and like you said like zoe freaked out because he thought uh Mills making a tackle was the same thing as blowing up a, a lineman on a block. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah, he was right. just he did, had no idea what was going on. Like that's not the rule. Like you can tackle somebody. You you just can't try to you can't take out the legs of a destroy blocker. somebody's knee when they're trying right. to block you. Right. Right. Which I think which which ultimately isn't a bad rule. It's just really it's just really change really challenging for you know a D back to take on Michael Onwenu by himself standing up. You know. It's like it's definitely stupid. It's just they, they it's their good intentions behind it. It's not right. it's not the taunting rule where somebody got their feelings hurt and they decided to make a rule about it, right? Which by the way, the guy <laughs> like John Mara. The guy gets the guy gets called for taunting for running over four dudes and then shouting. But the Patriots get called for taunting for all running into the end zone and celebrating. <laughs> it's just like it's just, You know okay. why? Because Sunday night football gets paid by Bud Light to that's very true. That. So that's a good point. That's it's all about point. the money, guys. Come on. So that's all you do. Run to the end zone and celebrate every time you do something good. Uh, Joe Juan Williams. Uh, I did want to talk about him. Yeah, I thought um, Keegan said it before the game. So before we you, you popped on, Pat, the fact we didn't hear his name is probably a good thing. Um, 
I thought it was a big opportunity for him. I had been talking about him on Twitter the last few days. Um, they're kind of searching. Jalen Mills is not an outside guy. We've said that for a while, and he's demanded a lot of the reps from the spring and, and early summer. Uh, and he got the start tonight. He made a big play in the opening kickoff, uh, a nice tackle there. Uh, lined up a little bit, I think, for the majority of his reps out there against Devontae Smith, right? Didn't really see much thrown his way. Didn't didn't do anything I guess that, that wows you. Obviously, you probably have to look at the all twenty-two to really get in depth of, of how he how good he was in coverage. But um, I thought he was good tonight. He was good last week. It was a guy who had a tough start to camp. I mean, he was getting toasted left and right uh, to open up camp, and, and I think really came along the, the last uh, week or so, starting with last Thursday night's game. Um, and that's a guy that you know everyone likes to rule him as a as a second round bust, and, and it's it's unfair to him. I think he's. He hasn't really gotten an opportunity. I think we talked about it last week, but with Jason McCourty being a veteran and being good at his role, he he just was, you know, in a, at a positional group with a ton a ton of depth the last couple of years. Uh, and this year with Gilmore out, like you said last week, Keegan, it's a good opportunity to see what you got what you got in these guys. Uh, and I think Jawan, he has the length. He's six three two twenty five. There's no reason that dude can't play outside corner. Um, and obviously, he brings some safety help, right? I don't think he's he's good enough, you know, strategically to, to kind of play man to man with and just lock down his side of the field like Jackson and Gilmore do. But um, I think it was positive to see from him, and I think he's carving out a role, and he'll probably see a lot more snaps um, than than we would have expected a few weeks ago. He, I mean, he said it himself. I think it was last week. He was like, "I'll do anything to get on the field. I'll play right. safety. I'll play in the slot. I'll cover tight ends. Right. I'll play outside." And this week, watching him, I think he had a, probably a series, maybe two, where it was him following Devontae Smith around the field. Didn't hear either one of their names. He he pretty much erased him. There was one replay. You can't get a, a ton from the TV copy, but there was one replay they showed where he just he was in his back pocket, right, uh, on a vertical route up the field. And then I think a drive later, you saw Devontae Smith break Michael Jackson's ankles. Like, you, you see what that guy can do. He can run routes. There's never been a question about that. So watching Joan kind of stick with him a little bit like that, that's a promising sign, no matter if it's a preseason game or in practice or what. Right. So I think the last seven, eight days have have been promising for him. Absolutely. And, and you know, listen, we're not going to sit here and talk about, you know, trade Stephon Gilmore and have Joan Williams as your, as your cornerback one. But to have some <laughs> to have some depth on the outside and to, to have a guy that you feel like you can stick out there and he can at least do the job. That's important because they don't have that right now. And so to have a guy that you think can do that, I think is really important. Um, Michael Jackson, you mentioned, my God, that guy's not making the team. I mean, he just like, it's just, it's bad. This is, this is two weeks in a row for you trying to cut somebody on the spot. Last week it was Harvey Longy. So who knows? I know, Michael but Jackson. Michael Jackson's been pretty consistently bad. <laughs> like, we in wouldn't every know his practice. name unless you know. Obviously, he's got the name, but he fights right. like Kiel Harry every training camp. That's the only yeah. way you see him pop up. So, yeah, bring him back. Bring him back for camp every year. I'm down with that. My favorite tweets are, are the Michael Jackson. Nikhil Harry buried Michael Jackson on on a block, and Michael Jackson got up swinging and breaks his <laughs> hand on the helmet. Somebody, somebody tweeted out. Was it Brian? I think Brian tweeted out like. Uh, what um, tell him to yeah. beat it? Yeah, he told him to told beat him it. Devontae Smith told yeah. Michael Jackson to beat it. It was amazing, fantastic. Well done, Brian. Um, but oh, one more rule I wanted to chat about the 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 screen pass rule, 
where you can't cut guys down the field. <laughs> you say, um, where you can't cut downfield. That's something they're going to have to pay attention to because Ted Karras missed like four blocks on screen passes. One of them was the play that Belichick ended up challenging because he felt like it. Um, you know, on the Sony play where he just completely whiffed and Sony got blown up. Another play where he missed another guy, and um, I think it was Stevenson. Was it was it Stevenson? It was, like had a chance Stevenson to break the, something, and he just one. didn't. He just didn't block the guy. Um, so that's something that they're going to have to really pay attention to because for a team that runs the screen effectively, not being able to cut those D backs is a challenge for those big guys in space. So that's something that they're going to really have to work on. And I'm sure they, they obviously have been working on it in practice, but I would think you're going to see a lot more of it this week because they did not do a good enough job with it this week. Yeah. And I forgot to mention, I was, I was doing the live updates for the website, so I didn't get a ton of tweets off. So I wrote some things down in my notes that I wanted to get off my chest here. The only thing that is worth saying is Josh McDaniels called six screen passes in a preseason game. Four of them, James White came onto the field and they ran a screen pass immediately. <laughs> like, that's got to stop. If I can notice that, like, I'm a right. schmuck. If I notice that, I think Jim Schwartz or whoever the Eagles defensive coordinator is going to notice that. Yeah. This yeah. ridiculous play calling out of McDaniels. It happened, it happened two years ago with Sony. The last five like- years. It was like 75% of the time Sony was on, they were running the ball. And like 75% of the time White was on the field, they were throwing the ball. I was like, come on. Like I said it last it week. Like, like Tom Brady actively like destroyed screenplays on his own. He wouldn't even turn to the running back. He'd just spike it in the dirt and be like, oh, call another play. Second down. Like, right. Cam's got to start doing it. Mac's got to start doing it. Stop calling screen passes every drive. It's right. mind numbing. Couldn't agree more. So... Um, overall, I mean, listen, it was 35 to nothing. Overall, it was a good performance by the Patriots, obviously. Um, you know, the Eagles just, the Eagles came out and didn't, I don't think, came out with nobody, right? Didn't, weren't trying to win. And it's preseason. No one's really trying to win. But, like, you know, it's, uh, it's preseason. Like, but I think overall, I was very happy with what I saw with the Patriots. I think there's some coaching points. There's some things that guys struggled with. Guys that people were super high on, Stevenson, Nordine were like the Stevenson and Nordine were like the two main topics after after the game last week. They both well, Stevenson had a good game, but he he had a, he had a fumble, and then Nordine struggled. And so, overcoming adversity is big for them. Mac Jones played great tonight. Cam played great tonight. So, like you know, they both kind of they both did very well, but they also both made some you know mistake here or there that like can be corrected. So. Not everything was perfect, even though it was 35 to nothing. So I think that's that's a good thing. I'm happy to see that. I'm sure Belichick's happy to see that. Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens. So they are – you guys have anything to add before we, before we head out? I'm still no? stuck in okay. screen passes. So um, just a little update for you guys. Wednesday, Thursday – so it was a good question about Nick Folk. Uh, I haven't heard anything about Nick Folk yet. Um Nothing about Nick Folk. I'm assuming Not it's a I've back heard. injury. It's it's kind of hindered him the last few years. I'm sure yeah. it's kind of flaring up a little bit, and they're just telling I'd him also, to cool it. I mean, I'd also say, like, he's a 37-year-old kicker who's been in the league for 15 years. Right. Don't need to watch him kick in the preseason. You just, nope. you just don't. So. Yep. So if the, kid, if the kid's good enough and wins the job, then he gets the job. And if he stinks and they don't feel comfortable with him, then they cut him. It's Nick Folk's job. That's it. Yep. Right. Exactly. Yep. So – um, so that's the deal with Nick Folk. Um, but just so you guys know, 
this week, Wednesday, Thursday, Patriots are at home, at home now, with joint practices against the Giants. They have their game next Sunday night at 6 o'clock. Um, so, so that'll be fun. We'll probably do an instant reaction after the game on Sunday. I have a, I have a fantasy draft uh, Sunday night as well, but I should be able to squeeze in the, uh, the, um, uh, the instant reaction as well. But Wednesday night this week, I will. What you know me, I will. I'll be. I got the game one. I'll be. I'll be multitasking. Um, but Wednesday draft. night this week, we're gonna be doing a um, our fantasy football special this Wednesday coming up eight thirty live on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Okay, we're gonna do kind of the same format that we've been doing um, the last few years that we've been paying attention. We're gonna do a mock draft. We're going to talk about a million different players. We're going to talk about some draft strategies. We're going to talk about different types of drafts. So we have a few guys from Eat Sleep Fantasy, which is a site that I write for as well. Or well, I haven't written for them yet, but uh, it's a site that I I contribute for as well. Um, and so uh, so we'll have some fun with it. Have some fun with it. We got we got a lot of fantasy stuff coming up, so we'll talk about our stuff. And we have some segments to kind of keep the fantasy stuff going along all year. We won't talk about that right now. But but anyways, productive week. Um, I think it's good news all around, I think. And, uh, and we'll go from there. So we will see you guys Wednesday night. Enjoy, uh, enjoy your weekend and, uh, we'll talk to you soon.